Hey everybody, thanks for tuning in to the Docs Sports Cast today. So Aurora and I are here on this Thursday, give you guys some updates around the sports world, give you some of our thoughts of things that are going on. Obviously, there's a bunch of news going on and we would love to give you our thoughts on it and you know let us know what you guys think. Uh, feel free to like, share, subscribe uh, to the podcast. Um, we really appreciate any support y'all can offer out there. Now, um, first off, before we jump into things, we'll mention that Aurora and I are official travel agents. We are specializing in Disney, Universal, World Caribbean, Carnival Cruise Line, Sandals Resorts, but there's so many more, so many more things that we can do for you. You're looking to just book a hotel on a beach somewhere. Feel free to reach out. We'd love to help you book your next set of magical memories um, here with um, here with us. So. We take care of all the stress. It's completely free service, so feel free to reach out. Our information will be below in the details of the podcast. Now, um, jumping into today's episode, the first thing we are going to talk about here is um, actually women's college basketball. There is a player, if you guys have not seen her play, her name is Caitlin Clark. Okay, Caitlin Clark, this woman is amazing. Um, this young woman is amazing out there. If you watch her play, she plays for University of Iowa. Um, she is fantastic. Okay. She's the real deal. She goes one-on-one. She's clearly quicker, stronger ball control. I mean, body control. I mean that she's fantastic to watch. I'm definitely gonna be watching some more Iowa games throughout the year. Um, last night she carved up Minnesota, University of Minnesota. Uh, she's a generational type player. Seriously, if you're looking for the next generation, the next level of WNBA player on the way, this is what you're going to be seeing. And and we're super excited for that, right? Super excited for it. I don't know how um, you can't be excited when you watch her play. I mean, it's it's insane to see the level of competition, like the level that she's at compared to the competition out there. Um, just really, really great. So, Anyway, moving on from women's college basketball, we're going to talk about um, Alvin Kamara. Okay, Alvin Kamara, um, if you guys do not know, Saints running back, uh, was recently arrested. Yeah, he got the mug shot and everything now uh, from being in Vegas during the Pro Bowl. Uh, and he <laughs> he was arrested for assaulting someone, you know, basically punched the guy like eight times or something like that. And this guy was like destroyed. Like if like you don't want to see the pictures of what this guy looked like when Alvin Kamara finished with him. And you know what, kids at home, that's not something to brag about. That's not something to brag about. Um, you look at the pictures of this and people are going to be like, oh, I don't want to mess with Alvin Kamara. Like that's, this is a professional athlete, a professional athlete. As a professional, you're a professional all the time. And when you go out there and you do something like this, this is not something to boast about if you're young men out there. And that's the thing that a lot of these professional athletes don't understand is their influence and impact on young, you know, impressionable kids at home. And uh, this is something that I'm, I'm really upset to see. Um, I have not been the biggest Alvin Kamara fan. I, I just, there's a way that he handles himself that I have not enjoyed, especially in this last off season, like where he was advising for NASCAR and things like that. And he wasn't focused on his job, doing what he needed to do as a professional for the saints. Um, it was clear he wasn't really motivated and into the season when it started, to, when it started up and now we get something like this. So, um, I'm just saying right now, um, it's not something good. It's not something to be excited about. Um, I, 
I think the Saints really need to address this. I think the NFL needs to hold their players more accountable than they have before. Um, and the Saints need to address this. It is something that's very, very upsetting um, to see these players when they creep, you know, have these acts and they, they do these things out in public, um, off the court, off the field, what, what have you, um, and they get away with it and nothing happens and it just shoved under the rug, right? So Alvin Kamara is going to play again. He's going to be on the Saints roster next year, most likely, um, and, you know, play for them just like nothing happened. And it's so frustrating. It's annoying. I, I can't stand it. Something should happen. This is not an example that you should want representing your franchise. If you're NASCAR, I don't want this guy touching anything for NASCAR anymore. I mean, he's displaying the wrong type of personality out there. And yes, I understand. People make mistakes. Things happen. I get it. But at the same time, there needs to be examples shown somewhere. And the more and more the NFL and NBA and all these sports leagues let these things go and let it slide and nothing ever happens, the more that... I'm going to want to crack down even more. Like, I know I'm being more critical than I was even a year ago about these types of things, but it's just because it's getting so ridiculous how these things happen all the time. Player gets a DUI. Player, you know, injures someone or hurts someone or allegations come out, and the very next week they're sitting there playing for their team. Like, it's just, when's that going to stop, guys? When are these players going to be held accountable? That's the thing. So, Anyway, very upsetting. Um, if I was a Saints personally, I would move on from Alvin Kamara. This is not a good light uh, that you want to be shined. Um, your other big player, your wide receiver, Michael Thomas, you had issues with him on and off the field last year with contract disputes and whatnot. So, I mean, I, I mean, if I was you, I would move on. You're in a rebuilding phase anyway after Sean Payton's retirement. So, why would you not move on? Right, move on. You're rebuilding anyway and, and go a different route. I mean, Alvin Kamara is a great talent, but with, you know, with uh, great power comes great responsibility, and that that is the you know, a Spider-Man reference for those of you who don't know. Um, and with great talent comes great responsibility too. And there's so many guys that squander talent away and they don't appreciate it, and they're not they're not re- they're not really appreciative of the talent that they were given um, to be out there and do what they do. And this is one of those situations, again, it's just another one that pops up. There's so many. Anyway, we'll move on from that. I don't want to beat a dead horse. Um, Brian Flores. Um, so we're going to talk about Brian Flores again. I know last week we talked about it um, and everything going on with his um, class action lawsuit that he filed against the NFL. However, I do want to point out that um, here's the thing, guys. I, I think, like I said last week, I think he has a reason to um, – file a lawsuit, but I think it's only against the Miami Dolphins owner, um, Mr. Ross. And um, the only reason I think that he has a legitimate reason to file that lawsuit is because, you know, Stephen Ross wanted him to commit. um, Stephen Ross wanted him to violate NFL policies in recruiting standards to try and get supposedly Tom Brady, right? onto the roster and that should not be okay that someone's trying to make you violate policies of the organization that you work for right which is the nfl so um i think he legitimately has a reason to sue for that other than that we talked about it last week i just don't i don't see how all the situations coming up are 
like blatantly discrimination i don't see how it like those things happen all the things that has happened outside of the owner trying to make him violate policies is are things that happen all the time everywhere in every industry so i don't i didn't see them as um like blatantly discrimination or anything like that, you know, paying coaches to lose and all that. I mean, that happens all the time and, you know, teams tank all the time. But anyway, like we said, we talked about that last week. Flores uh, came out because uh, this week he came out because the Texans hired Lovey Smith, okay? Lovey Smith is an African-American coach that was hired as the head coach for the Houston Texans now. And um, Flores, uh, Flores and his agent came out and said, you know, the only reason he wasn't hired was because of this lawsuit. Um, and it's clear that that is the reason why. Okay. What do you just want your name in the news? Is that all that you want? Brian Flores, Brian Flores' attorney, is that all you want? Because you're idiots to sit there and get upset about that. I don't know why you would get upset about that. You filed this lawsuit. You kept telling everyone that you knew you were probably putting your career on the line and in jeopardy by filing this lawsuit. And even outside of people saying, oh, well, there's a lawsuit going on. I don't want to hire him. There's so many things in the lawsuit that tells this organization you will not listen to them. You're very stubborn and you want to do things your way and not do things the way that other people want you to do it. Okay. So if a, if a owner comes and tells you, I need you to lose this game so we get a better draft pick because that's going to be better for our organization in the long run and you don't do it, that owner's going to fire you. If you do things to prevent the organization from moving forward, right or wrong as to why, I'm not talking about the competitiveness on the field. I'm not talking about the spirit of, hey, try to win every year all the time. Like, if someone comes to you in business and they tell you, don't do this, and you do it, you're probably going to get fired. So, like, if I'm a team wanting to hire you and I know that you're not going to listen when we tell you to do certain things, right or wrong even if it's right if i if i say hey we need to lose this game because you know it's going to be better for the organization overall hey i need you to not play this guy because i don't like what he's doing off the field i need you to play this to not play this guy because you know he's he had some legal issue that come up we're not going to play him if i if i see that you might not listen and you might hurt the organization in the long-term scale of things, for whatever reason, like I said, PR matters, whatever, you're, you're I'm probably not going to hire you. So don't. he's using the lawsuit and his attorney's using the lawsuit as a scapegoat to try and save his career. And that's really frustrating to me that you're going to come out and you're going to say, oh, well, I didn't get hired because the lawsuit, you knew that. You knew it was going to be detrimental to your career. You said it, and people talked about how amazing it was that you were putting your career on the line, and now you're going to whine about it? That's that's absolutely – that's so stupid. Anyway, that I wanted to make that point. That's absolutely stupid that they're upset about that. Um, second, analysts are mad that Lovey Smith got the job because uh, they said that, oh, that's a horrible situation, um, you know, people. And they, they said that there's an assumption that, oh, if it's a really bad job, it's a black job. Right. And and that's what I heard a lot of analysts say over the last few days. And it, like my question is, what do you want? What do you want? Like, what do you what what are these analysts? Like, what are the analysts that are saying this? What do they want? I don't understand, because do you expect the 
do you do you expect Cliff Kingsbury out in Arizona to get fired because he had a pretty dang good team this year? Do you expect the Patriots to fire Bill Belichick and hire a black coach just because you want more black coaches in the league? I'm sorry, but the positions that open are bad positions. That's just what happens. That's just how it goes. So if you're upset that a black coach got hired to a bad team, a bad organization, a bad situation, there's a reason why that position's open, and that's usually because the team is bad. The organization's not in a good situation. If a team goes undefeated in the regular season, they ain't going to fire their coach. I'll just tell you that right now. So that position's not going to be open up, okay? I, I, and I completely agree with you guys. There, there needs to be, I, I agree with all the analysts. I agree with everything everyone's saying. It is absolutely true. There needs to be more. There needs to be a bigger push and a better push toward you know equality when it comes to uh, hiring in the NFL. Completely agree. But at the same time, you can't you can't sit and talk out both sides of your mouth by saying, "All right, we need to give more guys a chance." Oh well, oh that's a horrible chance. Why would you do that? Like that that you know white guy should have been hired to that job because it, it's a bad job. Like I don't I don't get it. I just don't like it. Doesn't matter who it was. That's going to be a bad job either way, and someone's going to have to take it, and someone's going to have to take the chance, and Lovey Smith is a guy who's been out of head coaching for a little while now. He's a great name. He's a, he's a great name out there, and I don't think a lot of people would have hired him as a head coach. So for he, for Lovey Smith to go there, a guy that's been through some attritional situations, he's been through some bad organizations before, he's a guy that will have thick enough skin to be there for a few years and help rebuild things. So to me, I think he was the best hire. I also think it's an oxymoron that this is such a horrible job. So why is Flor- why is Brian Flores so hurt that he didn't get the job? Because everybody's sitting there saying it's a horrible job. Nobody would want it. And and he's not. He's not hurt by not getting that job. He's just trying to save face and, like I said, use the um, lawsuit as a scapegoat as to why he didn't get hired, right? So it's really frustrating on all ends. Um, I agree there needs to be more pushes um, for, you know, diversity there needs to be more pushes for um, equality and hiring you see a lot of female assistant coaches things like that being hired nowadays a great move Um, you know you see a a lot of a lot of things that do move in the right way but we're just not there yet and it and at the end of the day a lot of things just take time just because you want it now doesn't mean it can't happen right now you know it, it doesn't mean it can happen right now it like maybe it can't but maybe the things are being taken in the right steps, and all you need to do is make sure that those those things are being put in place to assure that you're getting where you want to get to, right? Um, and I think the NFL is trying to do that. Yes, they need to change some things. The Rooney rules a little bit. Like it doesn't really affect things that much now. They need to be adjusted. Um, so I get that, but um, there's a lot of things here that just feels like it's talking out both ends of your mouth. You know, like oh, we need to give more black coaches a chance. And then one's hired to a team, and you sit there and complain about it. Like, sorry, but bad teams are the only teams that are going to have openings. You know, if you go to the playoffs, that coach is going to be there next year. <laughs> he's not going to He's not gonna get fired. So, you know, I, I, I don't know. I don't know. It's just it's rare situations that a really good team and good organization has a head coach job open, head coaching position open. Okay? So you want a really rare situation to happen. And then, you know, hope that the best candidate for that job at the time is an African-American coach. And I'm just saying that it will take a little bit for that to happen. It's already happened with the Pittsburgh Steelers. So, I mean, there are examples of that, but just hasn't happened 
you know, in the last season or two with a with a really good situation, um, you know, for an African-American coach. And that is typical because most, like I said, bad teams are the ones that have coaching open seat, coaching vacancies. Anyway, we move on. We talk about Washington. Obviously, they have the new name, the Commanders. And the first thing that comes out for the Commanders is negative, negative, negative. That's the first pieces of news about the Washington Commanders on ESPN and uh, all the news sources is negative, negative, negative things coming for this organization. Are you surprised? Are you really surprised? Because I'll tell you right now, we are not. Um, There's a new harassment claim out against Daniel Snyder. Um, He tried to investigate himself again which is absolutely stupid. Like, I I think, like, everybody knows this guy is a shady guy. This guy is an idiot who just, you know, thinks he can get away with anything and thinks that everybody is just morons to think that he can try and investigate himself and hire somebody and pay somebody to investigate him properly. So thank God the NFL actually stepped in this time right away and kept that from happening. But the NFL needs to get rid of this man, okay? They need to get rid of him as an owner. It's It's purely... (laughs) <laughs> at this point, it's a matter of time before something really bad comes out with full-blown evidence against this man. He he just needs to be removed from this organization. It's not a good situation at all. Um, you know, and, and I just, what's it going to take? What's it going to take, guys, to get this guy removed his ownership? I mean, you got people sitting there saying that Steven Ross needs to be removed from ownership by tanking games. Like, Everybody tanks games at different times. It's something that happens in the industry, right or wrong. I don't agree with it, but it happens. And that's what business people are going to do because business people need to do that you know, at certain times to make their business good in the long run. I get it. I understand it. I don't agree with it. But, I mean, if you're going to try and say that a guy needs to be removed for like tanking games or, or whatever, you know, you need to remove a guy for sexually harassing people that work under him and and doing the things that Daniel Snyder has has been accused of doing by multiple people multiple times in many different ways either through himself or through the organization so you know this is this I'm so glad that this has come out this new case has come out against him because there's no way you can look at this and say it's not Dan Snyder's fault everybody wanted to sit there and say oh he wasn't paying attention oh he wasn't doing enough he wasn't there enough to see what was going on it wasn't his fault he he should have been more present as an owner no his presence as an owner is what caused this and I'm so glad that this new harassment claim has come out because it's directly against him it's things that he done himself and I think people need to stop trying to give him a scapegoat and a way out anyway um Tanking in the NFL, like, here's the thing I'm going to mention. Why are you guys so upset about tanking in the NFL? Again, like I said, I don't agree with it, but why, like, I don't understand why people are so upset at the thought of people tanking in the NFL or losing games on purpose in the NFL. Look at what the NBA is doing right now. Do you think the Portland Trailblazers are trying to win right now? They are tanking for sure. They just traded away CJ McCollum. They traded away Larry Nance. Like, this is a team that is not trying to compete. By any means. They're probably going to arrest Damian Lillard the rest of the year. Okay, They're going to say he's hurt, and he's not really hurt. But they're going to say he is. Okay, They're tanking. And I feel so bad for Damian Lillard. We said it in the offseason. Damian Lillard needs to get traded. He needs to be moved to another team because he's not going to have a chance to really compete for a title in Portland. And Portland is showing its true colors and showing that they are not willing to give him what he needs to win right now in his prime. Very upsetting. Um, so if you're going to get upset for tanking and all this stuff, I'm just telling you, it happens in all these leagues all the time. It's just business. It's the way these teams think about business. Um, you look at them. Sabonis leaving Indiana is showing they don't want to compete either. 
Halliburton is a great player, okay? But it, it it's it's not they're not real competitors right now. And with Halliburton going there, that doesn't make them better because they have no real bigs right now. So Indiana's clearly trying not to win right now either. Okay, they moved on. They moved on and they're rebuilding and they don't care to really try and compete and win games right now. And for a fan, that's your big issue, right? Like my team's not going to try and win. My team's not going to try and compete on the court. Like, yeah, there's a lot of teams that are doing that and that happens in the NFL as well. Sorry, guys. Hate to break it to you. Brooklyn Nets, the prediction was accurate. Um, I told you guys that soon as Kyrie started playing for them, things would go in a bad way. And they did. Yes, obviously, there's some breaks that happen to help that along. Kevin Durant being hurt and things like that. But we were accurate. We knew that these things would happen. Um, Kyrie, it's not fair. It's not fair for him to get the treatment that he's getting right now. He can play only on away games, doesn't have to play home games, still get his full salary, all this stuff. Like, it's not it's not fair. It's not right. If I'm a player, if I'm a teammate of his, I'm sitting there saying, like, dude, you're only giving me 50% effort. You're only giving me 50% effort out there. You're not even playing with us every night. You're not even there with us every night. Okay? I, I, I'd be upset. He's not contributing 100% to the team. Um, and they should never have let him come back. It should have been all or nothing. Um, that, as my firm belief. And, you know, I, and I think he was talking out both ends of his mouth, too, when he's sitting there saying, oh, I'm trying to stand up for people. I'm not against the vaccine. I'm not against it myself. But I'm trying to stand up for people and blah, blah, blah. Like, Whatever, there's plenty of ways you can do that and stand up for that and make a better name for it. Um, and I just think it's stupid. They never should have let him come back. But I think it's fair, and I think they kind of deserve what they're getting right now with the team playing really bad. Um, you and Now, because you let Kyrie back, and we kind of saw this coming, you upset crybaby James Harden. And crybaby James Harden will pout his way out of another situation if possible. He is upset. He's pouting. He doesn't want to play. He doesn't want to be in Brooklyn, blah, 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 blah. And now everybody's saying, oh, well, now he wants to get traded to Philadelphia. Well, if I'm Philadelphia, why would you do that? Why would you trade one crybaby who doesn't want to get on the court and play and compete for another crybaby who doesn't want to get on the court and play and compete? I just think it's ridiculous. Why do you take these guys? Why do the Clippers go and get Kawhi Leonard? Okay, why do teams go after these guys that cry and whine and complain themselves out of situations? Because it's clear they don't want to compete. It's clear that they're divas. It's clear they think they're bigger than the organization. They don't care about the fans. They don't care about the organization. They don't care about the, the, the people that support them and give them paychecks, which is the fans. They don't care. And it's really, really frustrating to see. Um, you know, Kendrick Perkins came out and said that the Sixers are overnight favorites if James Harden goes to the Sixers. Why? Why would you think that? Look at L.A. Talent doesn't always mesh together. Okay, everybody said, oh, Russell Westbrook going to L.A. They're going to be dominant. No, they're not, guys. I'm sorry. They're not. They're awful. Okay, they're awful. So why would you trade one crybaby for another? It's probably not going to work either if you trade for James Harden. I don't understand why people think, oh, they're going to be an overnight contender. No, they're not. They're garbage. Like, well, not garbage. Like, the Sixers is a really good team the way they are right now. Why would you screw that up? I think they're a really good team the way they are right now. I don't think they need to make a move. If they do, it might not make them better. It might make them worse. So pay attention to that, okay? Pay attention to that. Um, so they're looking to trade with the Sixers for another crybaby. This is a disgrace. It's a disgrace for the term professional athlete. You sitting there whining and crying and complaining and not wanting to compete and not wanting to come to work and not wanting to put in the, the time and effort to get better, like, that's not professional. It's not a professional athlete. And I, I, it's just, it's sad because we need to stop calling a lot of the athletes out there in the NFL and NBA professional athletes because they're just not, 
they're not professionals. Um, they're, they're acting like children. And this is one of those situations, again, where it's just crybaby and crybabies. You know, they're pouting and whining themselves out of situations, and it sucks, right? Um, so, you know, the Lakers are in a horrible situation, by the way. Um, no one wants Russell Westbrook's salary. No one wants him on their team. He is the best guy to move for them because they need to move him. Um, either way, they're not going to be a contender. Um, the pieces don't fit. Uh, James and Davis don't fit. It, it like... It just doesn't work, guys. Anthony Davis is is a guy that could be a Giannis Antetokounmpo. He could lead his team. He could lead the charge. He could be a Luka Doncic where he's like dominating every night and carrying the team. But he's not willing to. He doesn't put in the hard work. He doesn't put in the effort. He's, he's not willing to do it. Um, so, yeah, it, it's very upsetting to see that. But I'm telling you right now, these international players that come over here, they're playing inspired every night. They're hard workers every night. They're dedicated to their teammates, their fans, their organization, and they put it all out there every single night. They don't give up. They make themselves better. They keep putting hard work in the gym. They don't care to beat and bang, get bruised and battered. They are willing to come in here and really show up the American players, and that's what we're seeing. Anthony Davis was a generational athlete. He's ruining his talent, and he's ruining his prime right now. There's no reason he can't do what Giannis Antetokounmpo is doing and do it better because he's got a better jump shot. But you know what? He's not willing to beat and bang in the paint. He's not willing to get bruised and battered down there in the paint in games. And that's the reason why the Lakers are struggling. They don't have a legitimate big. They really don't. They don't got a guy who can legitimately be a big man, get easy buckets, and and be a dominating presence. They don't. And I think LeBron James would definitely defer to that if he had it. But he can't. And so it's just really frustrating. It's really frustrating to see all that talent go to waste. Um, And that's what's happening. It's going to waste. Um... Out there in L.A., going to waste Anthony Davis's talent. But, yeah, either way, doesn't matter what the Lakers do with Westbrook. Again, nobody wants him. Um, no, nobody's going to want him out there. Um, this is a situation that just it shows you that talent doesn't mesh with talent. It, it always it just always doesn't always mesh with talent. Um, so you got to be careful about who you put on teams, making sure the chemistry there, making sure the playing style is there, and that they are going to fit together before you make moves and and – Whatever. It's just it's just frustrating to see all this stuff and people just continuing to make the same mistake because they're continuing to say, oh, move Westbrook here and, you know, move James Harden into the Sixers and they'll be overnight favorites. You don't know that. You, no one knows that. A trade opens up every possibility. Anyway, real quick, we will give our Super Bowl thoughts before we um, head out here. So, uh, again, like we said last week, the Rams' defense, I think, is going to be the reason that the Rams ultimately win this game. Um, Yeah, their offense might be stunning and do really well also, um, but their defense is going to be sitting on Joe Burrow. They're going to be sitting in that backfield the whole game. Yes, don't get me wrong, Joe Burrow is tough. He's a tough player. He, He went through nine sacks earlier this postseason, and they still won the game. Okay, but he went through nine sacks, okay? up against a team that wasn't playing great offensively that game, and now you're going to expect him to go up against a team that made it to the Super Bowl like them, and they got a much better defense than what they faced when they had let up nine sacks, okay? I say nine times, like Ferris Bueller and how many days he missed a school, nine times. Um, he he's, you, he's tough, don't get me wrong. He's tough, he's a great player, but you can't you can't throw the ball. And you can't see down the field when guys are standing in front of you, defensive players, or they're sitting on you. And that's literally what's going to happen. So I, I would love to see the Bengals win. I would love to see the Rams win. 
the Rams. I'm rooting for them because Matthew Stafford, he deserves it. He's a guy that put in his time in the league, and he deserves to win a title. Um, so I would love to see him win a Super Bowl. But for you know the, the Bengals, it would be great for that organization too. So I would like to see either team win, but I really think that the Rams are going to take this one. I just hope it's not a blowout. I hope it's a close game, you know, 10 points or less throughout most of the game. That's what I would like to see. Um, so, yeah, hopefully it's a good game. That's what we all want to see. We want to see it be entertaining like the playoffs have been all year, this year in the NFL. So, yeah, with that being said, we're going to go ahead and wrap things up with you guys again. We are travel agents, um, free service. Uh, feel free to reach out to us for your next set of magical memories. Our info will be below. Please feel free to like, share, subscribe to content. And, uh, yeah, once we get past the uh, Super Bowl and uh, get a little bit further into the NBA season past the trade deadline and you know all those rumors and stuff stop flying about trades. Uh, we'll get into some uh, some breakdowns of college basketball. We'll get into some breakdowns of uh, NFL draft situation. We'll talk about you know the rookies from this past year and how they did and where we see them going. We'll get into some of those things as um, the next few episodes progress. But uh, yeah, thank you guys so much for tuning in. Really appreciate it. Again, feel free to like, share, subscribe, send the content to any friends who you think would enjoy it. And, uh, you know, we will talk to you guys again next week. Enjoy the Super Bowl as we will. And uh, have a safe evening for that Super Bowl. Oh, and by the way, we will mention, if you live in Cincinnati and there's a chance you guys might win this game, like, I would get out of Cincinnati. This is something that's been really bad for organizations. Like, get out of the area. You know, when the Eagles won, people get hurt. Things happen because people can't control themselves. There's professional. There's supposed to be professionals on the field, on the court, in the NFL, NBA, all that. Fans are not professional. They are not supposed to be professional. They don't have to watch their actions. So if, if Cincinnati is looking like it's going to win and you live in the city of Cincinnati, I would stay in your homes or you know stay inside, whatever. Don't cause mayhem, guys. It's going to be a bad situation if the Bengals end up winning or if the Rams end up winning. I mean, either, either city could have issues going on. But, um, you know, please, for all the fans out there, try and not cause mayhem. Light things on fire. Like, it just doesn't make sense. I know that's happened quite a few times recently um, after Super Bowls or big victories for teams. So keep that in mind. Stay safe, and we'll talk to you guys again next week.